one guy in particular um, kind of hit it off with him. But uh, he had PTSD. Um, you know, he was actually a, a machine gunner on top of it, of uh, Humvee. Uh, came home, just struggled, was homeless, uh, you know, pulling his life back together. Uh, actually has a, a huge shop uh, working out of his garage at the moment. Uh, but, you know, we're with this uh, team effort here in partnership. Uh, we just got him into a new shop and he's going to expand. Uh, hopefully, you know, we're bringing in more vets with uh, his similar background and and uh, yeah, it's been a phenomenal experience and would love to uh, make an impact uh, for our vets as well as we grow our business. Welcome to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast, featuring interviews with passionate people within the fly fishing industry. We focus on guides, conservation, resort managers, gear, and talented fly tires bringing usable information to fly fishers. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by The Fly Crate. TheFlyCrate.com is your source for all things fly fishing. The Fly Crate offers a monthly fly club. We select patterns every month for your home waters. With membership, you'll receive flies created to match the hatch in your area, along with the Fly Crate's guide magazine, the convenience of having flies delivered right to your door, some sweet stickers. Discover new patterns and start stocking your fly boxes now. TheFlyCrate.com Here's your host, Mark Hopley. Welcome to this edition of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. This time around, we want to welcome to the program Scott Wilday. Now, Scott's out of Denver, Colorado, and has started a company called LidRig, something, a, a product I think you're going to be excited to hear about, and we'll find more about it. Hey, Scott, thanks uh, a lot for coming on the podcast tonight. Yeah, sure thing, Mark. Thanks for having me. Why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about your fly fishing history before we jump into uh, LidRig? Where did fly fishing start for you? Sure. Before fly fishing, I grew up uh, actually down in Middleton, Colorado, and I've got two two brothers. Uh, grew up on a, a small lake out here, doing a lot of fishing for you know, bass, catfish, carp, pike, walleye, that kind of thing. Um, so that's where I'd say the passion for fishing, I guess, really kicked in, and uh, my my younger middle brother, uh, Brett is his name, uh, his passion for fly fishing took off uh, probably when he was in high school. I kind of went the skiing route, um, so it was up in the mountains quite a bit, but um, just admired what, what he brought um, as far as passion surrounding fly fishing. So uh, he's actually the one that got me into it, uh, and believe it or not, probably only five years ago, uh, give or take a few. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I actually, uh, was not a huge fan of, of fly fishing, uh, when I, when I first started. So, um, <laughs> you know, he, he really, uh, pushed me to, to stick with it. And, you know, now I, I can't get off the water. So, you know, it wasn't a, a love at first sight situation, so to speak, but, um, you know, as, as the brothers, the three amigos, they like to call us, uh, you know, as we get a little bit older, we've, we've all got families, uh, we kind of lean on fishing to really stay tight, stay together, uh, do a lot of fishing trips. And on one of those trips, that's where the actual idea came from. 
for, for lid rig. Why don't we jump right into that? So t- tell us what lid rig is firstly and, and, and how it came to be. Sure. So at its core, lid rig's a relatively simple concept. Uh, you know, it's nippers that can clip to the bill of your hat. Uh, we also have uh, versions that will clip to a vest or an existing setup or or rig that you're using. So hmm. um, there's there's a couple components um, to the design and the idea. Uh, you know, a lot of the nippers out there are super expensive or super cheap. Uh, not much kind of in that mid middle mid range price price point. Uh, noticed a lot of replaceable blades, uh, which which was intriguing. Um, so the lid rig is actually made out of 100% stainless steel. Uh, so you do not have to replace the blades and the actual clip that's attached to uh, the bill of the hat is diamond coated. So therefore you can sharpen the, the blades of the nippers or a hook or a knife, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, we've got a few versions that we've, uh, gone through and tested uh you know adding bottle clips or um, bottle openers seems to be a big hit uh, <laughs> i, I can see I that be, <laughs> i can see that being a nice fit yeah i don't know uh how some guys manage to uh drink beer and fly fish uh you know wading through the river I'm, I'm, i guess i'm not that talented but uh <laughs> so we'll probably add, add that in as well which yeah. uh so just to put, I saw, I, I saw Lidrig online on the internet. I went, wow, that's a great idea. Cause it's basically, it's a hundred percent handmade line nippers, stainless steel made in Colorado. Uh, and, and it's always on you, right? Every, I mean, let's face it. Everybody's wearing a hat on the water and I'm always kind of, if you change your vest out and your, your nippers are, are attached to that, it can be a bit of a pain. So I thought the hat thing was a great idea. Yeah, I get snagged quite a bit. So uh, <laughs> I, I got tired of uh, the retractable leash, uh, you know, on and off. And, and, you know, on top of that, I do lake fishing and, and then I'm always in the river. Uh, so, you know, having easy access just kind of made sense. And on top of that, we like to golf. And uh, I'm sure you've, you've seen uh, the magnetic ball markers. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's essentially the fly fishing version of that uh, with ah, is, bell, I, bells and whistles. <laughs> I always li- I always like to kind of when I see a new product out there, where did the inspiration come from? So, did you just speak to that? Is that where you got the idea from a ball mark from the golf course? Uh, yeah, I guess I've I've been uh, an idea guy. Uh, you know, I've actually um, I've got a technology and healthcare background. Uh, I've started sold uh, a company there and um, was really yeah kind of trying to analyze my from a personal pers- perspective you know what what I'm passionate about and you know it's not healthcare and technology it's it's fly fishing so fly fishing and golf so <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> sounds like a good fit to me right <laughs> can't go wrong but uh, yeah kind of fusing those those two together and uh you know hanging out with my brothers the idea came actually after we were done fishing drinking beers because i'm i I can't chew gum and walk at the same time um but my brother actually dropped um his nippers 
into the fire when he was setting up his rig for the next day. So, you know, just kind of got the gears turning and, and, uh, you know, one thing led to another and, and now we're, uh, now we're mass producing them. That's awesome. I, I'd like to hear more too about your backstory, Scott, with this. Now, who's making these, uh, nippers for you, these lid rig? Sure. You know, I took, uh, that's been a, a journey in itself, a fun one at that, but, uh, you know, coming out of technology and I'm not a coder. Um, <laughs> so it, when something goes wrong, you know, a lot of times I can't see it. So I wanted to take a stab with a, a physical, physical product. Um, you know, the initial idea seems easy enough, simple enough, but uh, when you kind of peel it back, the amount of design and fabrication that, that goes into making these is is phenomenal and uh you know probably took oh, i mean at least 30 shops or or meetings with designers uh machinists before i i came across a team of vets out here in denver that just had a phenomenal backstory themselves and mm-hmm. uh one guy in particular um kind of hit it off with him but uh he had ptsd um you know, he was actually a, a machine gunner on top of it, of uh, Humvee, uh, came home, just struggled, was homeless, uh, you know, pulling his life back together, uh, actually has a, a huge shop uh, working out of his garage at the moment. Uh, but, you know, we're with this uh, team effort here in partnership, uh, we just got him into a new shop and he's going to expand uh, hopefully, you know, working with bringing in more vets with, uh, his similar background and, and, uh, yeah, it's been a phenomenal experience and would love to, uh, make an impact, uh, for our vets as well as we grow our business. That's good stuff. I always love to hear backstories when businesses have more of a story to tell. I just, I just find it a lot more interesting and to be quite honest, uh, more likely to support. So why don't we talk about where uh, lid rigs available right now, as far as retail? Sure. So being uh, based out of Denver, you know, I had my original prototypes, um, hopped in the car, bounced around the state and, and every fly shop I've walked into is, is going to start selling them. And then we just launched our new website as well, lidrig.com, which, uh, will be signed direct to the consumers on there. Perfect. Is your is your website up and running live now? It is. Yep. Okay. When I first opened it up, I had quite a few orders come through and, and no inventory. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that's the danger. That's, that's a good the, problem. <laughs> you, you wouldn't be, you'd be shocked how many people I've talked to that are kind of uh, in this upstart kind of position. And it's just the products about to bust open. And it's like, man, <laughs> we're, you gotta be ready, right? When it hits the shelves. And so. Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate that. And it's, uh, yeah, I was kind of surprised myself, you know, uh, at the response that, that it's received. So You'd mentioned, Scott, that you can have these lid rigs engraved. Tell us about that. Yeah, it's actually, uh, it's not necessarily engraving. It's, it's a cool technique and uh, called, it's laser etching, which has been okay. a, a big hit. So we can actually, 
you know, personalize the, the lid rig. So by adding a, a fly shops logo, uh, there's been a big response, um, as, as from companies as well, uh, putting their logos on, uh, actually on the top and then on the, the clip part itself. So, um, a lot of guys have been just actually leaving the, the diamond coated uh, part on on their hat at all times. And then they'll just break out the, the nippers uh, when, when they're actually on the river or, or lake fishing. So um, big response there. Uh, right now we're, you know, it's, it's a, not a cheap process, but, you know, it, it's – it's been a team effort to, to get where we are. Uh, I've got a good support community and uh, it's taken a lot of guys and, and brains to um, pull this off. And, and, you know, luckily there's uh, a guy I know that, you know, he's got a, a pipe bending company and other guys uh, making stuff for uh, uh, sailing, believe it or not. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, pulling all these different, brains together to um, generate the best product um, and, and they've been kind enough to show me the ropes and and uh, you know I'm rolling up the sleeves and getting my hands dirty as well which uh, and, and learning a new industry which has been fun. Maybe you can talk about that a little bit what's that process been like as far as the learning curve from when you had the idea to making the product a reality now to supplying the demand for it. Maybe speak to that a little bit. I'm always curious about that process. Sure. Uh, you know, I'm a little familiar with it just uh, from a technology standpoint. You know, I, I built an app or had it built, I should say, you know, out of Ukraine and, uh, you know, a lot of ins and outs that and hurdles that you have to overcome. So, um, you know, from a, a business one-on-one starting a business, uh, I expected hurdles, uh, but I also thought, you know, how hard could it be to create nippers that, you know, clip on your hat? <laughs> uh, so it, it, it's been a, a learning curve to say the least, but, um, it's been, been fun and I've fully submersed, you know, I'm, I know how to use a $10,000, laser etching machine and I know how to use a CNC machine now. And, um, you know, I'm actually making, making and doing the assembly, uh, as it sits today. And so it's, it's a real hands-on, hands-on product, which is, uh, what I love and what I did not, uh, did not experience in the, in the tech space. So, Hmm. Yeah, especially when it must be neat to see your idea to kind of blossom. And I would imagine that, you know, early on, there's there's obviously some trial and error. Hey, this works, this doesn't work. And you're kind of streamline it till, until you launch. Sure. Yeah, we tried we tried everything, you know, different types of metals, uh, 3D printing, uh, different angles, different designs. You, you name it, we, we probably tried it. So, uh, but... <laughs> I think landed on a winner and, and, uh, you know, the, like I said earlier, the, the response is, has been great so far and, but there's always uh, room for improvement. Right. So, um, you know, any feedback is good feedback and, and, you know, as, as this company grows, we're going to have to, uh, adapt, right. Just, uh, as the industry does. 
it is a new company and new concept. The response has been great, but you know, we'd love to um, have you join join the story and and you know be a part of it. Um, you know, so you can follow us or drop us a line as well. We're again all about feedback and and community. I love the name. I love I love the everything about the. Um, marketing that you've done on Instagram really spoke to me, and I thought, well, that's I can't be the only one. <laughs> well, that's uh, I appreciate that. Hopefully, uh, you know, I, I actually went to the the um, outdoor retail uh, show out here in Denver. Uh, oh. I was a first timer, um, just walked in, had my had my prototype and and uh, business cards, and ended up having some really productive meetings with some some pretty heavy hitters so you know we'll see see where where those conversations go but i think you'll uh see us on a a national scale you know sooner rather than later that's good stuff isn't that an amazing show oh it was a blast i was i was in awe (laughs) yeah well that's the big one right i mean it's well i think was it somerset there's a, there's one in uh, new jersey area too that's pretty darn big but that one kind of moves around right yeah the, a few folks were telling me um about a fishing one in orlando uh but you okay. know, this, this this is all new to me um <laughs> i think scott i think that's icast yeah okay yeah that's that's uh quite a few folks mentioned that so let's tie this back into the into the fly fishing if you don't mind we'll get back to to lid rig in, in a moment like if if you had sure. to pick somebody scott that's been probably the biggest influence on in your fly fishing and you might have alluded to it earlier but uh, maybe not who, who would that be yeah i'd say my brother for sure you know i i'm the oldest of, of three uh and i don't like to give them much credit if I don't have to, but, uh, in this case, I, I think, uh, my, my younger brother, uh, you know, really has, has, uh, just watching his passion for fishing in general, uh, especially fly fishing is, is just contagious. And yeah, he, he really kind of held, held my hand through the process as, as far as, um, you know, learning the ropes and, and, you know, turned it into a full blown addiction for me. So, um, luckily, luckily a healthy one, or I guess it depends on who you ask. <laughs> Amen to that. Uh, you'd mentioned that, uh, it's a good way for the brothers <laughs> to get together. Uh, are you guys pretty competitive set? Uh, <laughs> very much so. And believe it or not, we, uh, we all recently, probably within the last month or so, we all live within two blocks of each other oh boy. on the same street. That's well. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so who who gets uh, who gets uh, the upper hand uh, on the water, and who gets the upper hand on the golf course? Uh, Mark, you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> that's good stuff. Yeah, I'll, I'll admit there's I'm probably the uh, the worst golfer of the three of us. But, but uh, you catch more fish. You know now now I can't tell them to listen to the podcast. <laughs> you know what? You can always cut their lines if they're not uh, agreeing to you, right? <laughs> there you go. Hey, Scott, when you're in 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 and around uh, your home base, where's your favorite place to go to talk fly fishing? Is there a shop or a coffee shop or a brewery you guys like to frequent? Yeah, we uh, ooh, quite a few. Um, 
Yeah, it's interesting. We've been recently doing a lot of, uh, there's a couple small lakes um, down near where we live. So we've been taking paddle boards and either out on the lake or down the uh, Platte River, which is actually flowing pretty well, uh, fishing for carp or we'll use a little mouse pattern and, you know, shoot for some bass or pike, which has been a blast. And, you know, one of our local shops, uh, pretty well known as anglers all out here. Those guys are great. And, uh, you know, I've done a, a few trips through them and, you know, if we're looking for a beer, you can't really go wrong with uh Breckenridge brewery, <laughs> down, which is right off the, uh, Platte river. That name's uh, come up. That, that name's come up more than a few times. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. It has. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> Maybe you could take us through your ideal day on the water as far as what does that look like? Um, are you on a river? When does it start in the morning? Kind of paint us a little picture. Sure. I'm a little bit spoiled. We uh, actually have a family friends with uh, a creek up outside of uh, Kremlin, Colorado, and it is just the perfect fishing property it's it's probably a stretch of about three miles and small creek that just kind of snakes in and out and it's got a cabin up there no electricity uh call it glamping i guess glorified camping but uh you know we we'll, we'll typically get up early and you know fish back up to uh back up to the cabin make a little lunch kind of reset and depending on how the fish are biting we'll uh jump back in and and do it again so uh you know that's that's uh a pretty good day uh for me i'd say and if i only get snagged a handful of times i'll count that as a win so you know (laughs) what (laughs) what species what species are you targeting in that in that water system yeah, it's uh, quite a few rainbow and and brownies with a handful of brooks as well that, that we'll pull out. Uh, you know, they do throw a couple in there um, at the start of the season. So, but, you know, I'd say it, in lar- it, it's it's mostly rainbows that were getting out of there. Pretty good, good size. Scott, if you had to kind of sum up what brings you to the water, like I'm always curious where that passion comes from. What is it that you get out of this great pastime of fly fishing that, that keeps you coming back? You know, I could, and I guess getting uh, into the business side of uh, fly fishing, uh, I, I don't know if I should say this or not, but, uh, you know, just, just being out there, even if I don't catch a fish, uh, just being out in nature is is really what, what does it for me? It's just a, a calming effect and a great way to, you know, put down the technology, which is gets harder and harder to do, especially, uh, you know, that now that my business revolves around the internet and, and connectivity. So, you know, being able to uh, just turn it off and, and enjoy the people that you're with. That's, uh, that's why I do it. That's uh that's good stuff. Really well put. Pretty, pretty corny, right? <laughs> no, man, not at all. 
We're chatting today with Scott Wilday of Lidrig. Now, Lidrig are uh, 100% handmade nippers, line nippers, fit right on the brim of your hat, made in Colorado by veterans. Uh, now, let's talk about, Scott, uh, where they can find you at it. Let's get your media handles out there, your, your .com. Um, so what's, first off, what's your Instagram handle? Yeah, sure. It's just at Lidrig. So, okay. And it's, it's one word. And just launched the the website lidrig.com. Okay. And threw up a couple of videos on on both as well, so you can see it in action. And yeah, as we start to get this out to the masses, we'd love to um, get people's feedback, and and we're always willing to take that feedback, whether it's good or bad, and and make the product better. Yeah, no, it's it's uh it looks like you're off to a run and start, and I wish you a lot of luck with this product. It's very inspirational. It's nice to see some. I love talking to people relatively early on when things are just starting to really get going because uh, you're gonna get real busy real quick. Something tells me, and I appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. Um, yeah, I want to circle. I want to circle all the way back. <laughs> it's okay. I want to circle all the way back around here and. Uh, this is kind of out of left field, but is there anything you'd like to see us do a little differently when it, in fly fishing? Is there anything in the past time you think we could do better? Ooh, that's a good question. You know, I, I think there's an access problem, uh, and maybe it's not, not a problem. I've seen uh, quite a few phenomenal organizations trying to uh, tackle it head on, but uh, you know, if I did not have uh, family members, easy access to, to fishing, uh, you know, if I wasn't exposed to it as early and as often, you know, I wouldn't be starting lid rig, right? So, um, you know, getting different people, different groups, different backgrounds uh, exposed to the sport, I, I think would be would be good for it. Um, mm. you know, and out here in Denver, uh, I guess the flip side of that, you know, there's at times over, overfishing and overcrowded areas. Um, I think a lot of that's, you know, again, lack of access to information on where to go and, and how to tackle the sport that, um, you know, it's not the easiest to, to get into. You can't just, uh, it's not like, you know, baseball where you pick up a bat and, and, you know, it's pretty self-explanatory, right? right. So, uh, having a, a support group, um, you know, or, or information, uh, on, on how to get into the sport and, and yeah, I think, uh, in large part, yeah, it's just access, easier access to the sport. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, when and I had the same thing, same experience, um, ice fishing as, as well. You know, my, again, my brother, um, and his passion for fishing. Yeah. I, I absolutely hated ice fishing. Uh, the first time I went, <laughs> you know, sitting in the cold. I mean, I got a nice little buzz going, I guess. Uh, that was the, the upside there, but, uh, no fish left freezing cold and, <laughs> You know, thought I'd give it one more shot. Had one of the best days of my life. You know, yanked out I think thirteen or fourteen nice little lake trout, and you know, 
I'm, I'm addicted uh, to doing that in the wintertime now. So, um, well, it, you know, that's the thing I love it, about it. It comes in so many forms, and until you until you get out there, and I was I'm the same. That's not my that's not my bread and butter. I, I had a hard time sitting staring at a hole in the ice, but you know what? You got the right company you're with, and uh, maybe something a little warm to drink. And all of a sudden, uh, it's it's a good way to pass the time, you know. And when you're not at the tying bench, at least you get out there, get some fresh air. There you go. You got any crazy fish stories, Scott, from your time on the water? Anything uh, that comes to mind? I always like to ask this question. There's usually something weird, yeah. weird that's happened out there. <laughs> sure. Uh, you know, I don't know uh, if it qualifies as crazy, but uh, when I was Ooh, I'm gonna guess maybe around 12, 13 years old. There, they had just opened up the uh, new aquarium in downtown Denver, and uh, we were out on the water uh, again on, on a lake that uh, we grew up on. And through, it had to be it was either corn or hot dogs. That's <laughs> that was our go-to back then. But uh, I we were fishing off a dock and I just had this feeling that I, everybody thought I was snagged. Right. I kept telling everybody I was with, no, just give it a sec. I think there's something on the end of this thing. And, you know, I think it took a good 20 minutes to, to reel in, but it was a a huge catfish (laughs) that was just a monster. And we actually, uh, it ended up, I think it's still alive living in the, uh, the new Denver aquarium. So that's, that's my, my claim to fame. <laughs> Is that right? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Those, those catfish live a long time, don't they? I, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> that's a good story. Right on. Well, hey, uh, thanks so much for coming on, but I really appreciate you taking the time to uh to come on the podcast and uh have yourself a a great year and good luck with the big launch sure thing mark thanks for having me and uh yeah hopefully we'll we'll go ahead and get you a a lid rig and and get your logo on there but uh and hopefully we'll be in a fly shop near your uh, listeners here here soon the fly fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by theflycrate.com Thank you for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Your feedback matters. Let us know if there's a person or topic you'd like discussed. Email us at mark at flyfishing97.com. Until next time, tight lines and we'll see you on the water.